Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special bonus interview episode of Directors Club. I am Jim Laskowski, but today you're going to be hearing guest correspondent and the founder of the Mental Filmness Film Festival conducting the interview with the director, the writer, and star, Alex Heller. Yes, interviewer Sharon Gissy has been on the show in the past, and since this particular film fell kind of under what she covers at her own uh, film festival, I wanted to put a spotlight on her talent and her success for this delightful conversation that you're about to hear. First and foremost, I'm going to share my own brief thoughts on, uh, yeah, on, on one of my favorite movies of the year so far, and it's now available on VOD, and it's going to be showing here live in Chicago March 30th at the Music Box. The movie we're talking about today is called the year between. So what's wrong with Clemens? Nothing's wrong. She's insane. We don't know that for sure. Things have been going downhill for quite some time. We thought you'd be like getting a degree. Stop it. I personally have always felt that she might have a brain disorder. Thank you all for coming to my TED talk. All right, so you got mania and depression. It's basically two diseases, but one. So then it's mainly Mental? 100% mental, Dad. You feel like you have dramatic highs, and afterwards you crash. What is wrong with you? Binge eating, overspending, stealing, delusions of grandiosity. It's called a brand. Do you have any friends? I had some in college. How? You're ruining my college experience. But then I went crazy and dropped out and they stopped calling because they were afraid. It's chill. Besides the whole mental illness thing, I am just wondering if I have like a bad personality. What makes you say that? Everything. All right. Well, before we get to the interview, uh, let me just share my thoughts on the film. Most of us, obviously know someone in our lives that deals with mental health issues. And our guest today and the uh, writer, director, and star of the film, Alex Heller, discovered that she, very much like our lead character here, Clements, was dealing with bipolar disorder. And we opened the film with her in the middle of a particularly rough manic episode that sees her sort of lashing out at her college roommate. And then in comes her mother, played by Jay Smith Cameron, who essentially just drags her daughter, kicking and screaming, back home to the suburbs of Chicago. Oh, boy, scary place. Um, but she ends up being prescribed medication, sees a therapist, uh gets a part-time job at Big Deals, which I'm guessing is a lot like Big Lots, uh, and starts to form, you know, a new relationship. But all of this, of course, is complicated and challenging for someone who has issues with um, social skills and self-control. She often has no filter. Uh, you know, it could be considered a little self-centered. Not always likable. Uh, but, you know, there's a reason for that. And over the course of her year out of school, hence the title of the film, 
she starts to face the reality of her illness and some of the consequences of her actions. And, and it's just really, oh, it, it, it really warmed my heart the further it went along. Her family is so fully realized and they, they sort of grow together as they start, you know, developing more awareness about what Clements is going through. There's a brother and a sister that find her rather difficult to communicate with at times, but there's also a very patient, fairly um, understanding father played by the great Steve Buscemi. The Year Between is a very special movie that at times reminded me, at least it conjured up a lot of the same feelings I got watching Kelly Oxford's Pink Skies Ahead from, I believe, a couple years back, which is a film I related to quite a bit due to it focusing on someone suffering from anxiety disorder and panic attacks. There's one of the more realistic portrayals of a panic attack later in that film that I've ever seen. Uh, but, you know, in that film, there were also parents trying to come to terms with the fact that their daughter is struggling with something that they themselves can't quite understand and at times don't know how to respond to some of her outbursts and actions. You know, and a lot of people have sort of pointed out, you know, movies recently have, have you know, tackled this subject matter, whether, you know, it's uh, Silver Lining's Playbook or you can even go back to something like Girl Interrupted. But I don't know, here with the year between... It takes a choice, you know, to, to not just focus on the main character, but the entire family has not just their own responses to what's taking place, but their own arcs, essentially. There's some subplots that normally might feel superfluous, but I don't know. It sort of showcases them as real people who just want to not only help, you know, a family member function better in the world, but they want to try to manage their own lives at the same time. So that in of itself is a refreshing um, take on just, you know, on, on this sort of, you know, because at first you watch this thinking it's going to be your typical Sundance indie dramedy. And I, I, I was like, oh, I don't know. But then I started to really feel for this character as challenging it is sometimes to sit with what some of the things that she's doing. But I think, again, watching movies like this is inherently going to create some sort of empathy within you. Hopefully, hopefully some people might just go, eh, I don't want to deal with that or I don't want to sit through that or whatever. And that's unfortunate because this gives us an opportunity to try and understand where certain people are coming from with what they're doing and what they're experiencing and how they're trying to get by on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, and, and even the, 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 her coworker and like the, the, the love interest are, are, are fully realized here. And, you know, it, it just, you know, shot in the suburbs of Chicago. It feels very familiar. There's a, there's a bit of a turn in the narrative later on when we learn about um, the health of someone in particular but I don't know. That's also, you know, it, it serves to tell this engaging story about why mental illness is really something that we should try and accept within ourselves rather than fight it or dismiss it or try to act like nothing is wrong. Um, 
and again, like I know she, she, this character Clem is, you know, Clemens is, is difficult to sympathize with, but that's due to the fact that she's primarily in a manic state, unable to control what comes out of her mouth or even her behavior is essentially like just sort of clouded by what's going on in her brain. Um, and Heller's choices here in her portrayal sort of refuse to sugarcoat, like just the effects bipolar disorder can have. And again, you know, movies like this can help normalize it rather than just label it as crazy or hysterical or, you know, intense. It's, it's, there's so much more going on there. And with this being her debut performance, it's really impressive to see how she's managed to sort of, um, carry the drama and comedy without it sort of veering off tonally. It's very consistent in that regard. The dark humor here is also something that I'm sure a lot of us can relate to when we're dealing with something that's difficult because we need to laugh sometimes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I really responded to this movie um, positively. Heller is kind of like, yeah, like the, the, um, the sort of encapsulation or the epitome of the brash, narcissistic, deadpan kind of um, character that it could take some getting used to for, for some people. But there's just a lot of well-observed insights into what she is going through during this manic episode. And even if this ultimately is a film that I, I kind of wanted more when it ended. I was like, I want to spend more time with this character and watching, watching her grow even more, or how, how she's going to adapt now that she's learned what she has. I, it, still, it still resonated very strongly for me. It's an important movie because, I mean, it could lead to someone having an epiphany and seeking help. And that's often why I champion something like this or Pink Skies Ahead or any number of films that deal with mental health. Uh, and certainly Sharon also does that in, 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 in regards to her uh, film festival. But this, this whole experience really um, gets a huge thumbs up. <laughs> from me uh yeah so i mean i'm not going to go on and on and on i want to get to the interview here so you can hear it from alex's mouth um directly but again i just i hope you will seek this out when it plays at the music box theater on march 30th as well as it'll be playing um facets right after that so now um now that you've heard my thoughts let's get to the actual interview with the writer director and star of the year between but instead of hearing me you're gonna hear the creator and curator of the mental Filmness film festival which is in its fifth year running so here we go with the delightful sharon gissy conducting an interview with alex heller all about the year between here on director's club there's got to be a morning after if we can hold on to find the sunshine let's keep on looking for the light oh can't you see the morning after it's waiting right outside the storm 
It must be Alex, right? Yes, it's Alex. I'm Sharon Gitsey, just to kind of briefly introduce myself. I, I do. <laughs> Good to meet you. This movie is uh, semi-autobiographical. Mm-hmm. And I was curious, you know, just how much this was based on the events of your real life and what else was kind of fictionalized. Um, if you could maybe speak to that. Yeah. Well, I wrote the first draft of the year between screenplay for a class project in or an assignment my senior year of college. And a lot I drew a lot from my own experience with mental illness, as well as one of my best friends around the same time of me as me left school for a year. And in that year, her mom was also diagnosed with breast cancer. And she she and I faced sort of a a bunch of parallel experiences. And, and as the years went on, I met more and more people who were mentally ill. Like I just didn't know there were so many people with mental illness out there because where I came from and just the time I was born in, you know, people didn't really talk about it. So the more I kind of found a community largely on the internet, the more I just sort of processed and gathered information about what was relevant to people and what kind of experiences we all shared. And so at the end of the day, mainly the parts of the year between that are autobiographical are everything to do with bipolar disorder. That is all taken exactly from my experience. And the character of Clements is very similar to a younger version of myself. And that version of myself was now over 10 years ago. But um, this kind of uh, brash, destructive, socially unaware, constantly using humor as a defense mechanism kind of person, just like bull in a china shop through life, that is based on me as well. But there's a lot of there's a lot of fiction in it as well. The characters, the events, and um, what it boils down to is my addition you know in addition to being treated for bipolar disorder when i was 19 i was diagnosed and i left my freshman year of college and i took some time off and then um i did go back for my sophomore year okay so yeah it sounds like a lot was was drawn from your life you know that was another question i had was about your character mm-hmm. yeah how much it was your character cuz it does also seem very much like a character that's in their 20s. <laughs> yeah. And someone, yeah. like how much of that was kind of, and you embodied that as the actress, um, mm-hmm. you know, how much of that was kind of heightened or mm-hmm. maybe exaggerated a little bit or maybe going back to that time? Yes. <laughs> I think definitely the character of Clemens is uh, an exaggerated version of mainly how my social skills went and my sort of ability to function. But I was someone who, I will say like the thing that rings very true is that I was not aware of how my actions really affected other people or the world around me for a long time. and. I just had a sort of a skewed perception of 
what was happening and why and and my own emotions and you know part of that is being a teenager and going through puberty and then part of it is like for me it was mental illness and ultimately a lot of it did result in using humor I think as a way of channeling pain and being a defense mechanism and also trying to bring people in and trying to make people laugh or forge relationships. I think at a young age, I, I picked up humor as a means of, of connection, which is just yet another reason why to me, this story has to be a comedy or dramedy because, um, well, aside from the fact that I've, there's a lot of reasons why I wanted to make it a comedy, but one is that I think humor is accessible to people and can bring you in and create empathy and create a feeling of, of connection. I, uh, one thing that I did kind of notice is, Oh, you know, she's kind of pushing people away or it's defense mechanism or thing. But then when I would think back to it, you know, that's, I feel like that's kind of how I had acted when I was younger too. So it felt very authentic. Yeah, another thing I was saying about this movie is I feel like I had a very uh, strong sense of place. Like, I think I, I read somewhere they called it Midwestern sardonic or or something. <laughs> and was, yeah. Maybe you could speak to that, because I actually grew up in Downers Grove, Illinois, like, so, and wow. seeing those suburban strip malls and everything yes. was, it seems so familiar to me and how that sense of place kind of informed it. Totally. Downers Grove is... <laughs> familiar to me. Uh, I've lived in various suburbs in the Chicagoland area. I grew up in the south southwest suburbs, and then I lived in my 20s. I lived in Glen Ellen uh, on the west side, but because um, I, I did move back into my parents' basement and spend years trying to make this movie, which is a separate story. But yeah, Variety used Midwest uh, Midwest sardonic to describe, I think, like the tone of the film, which I think is awesome. And, um, it's definitely something I wear as a badge of honor, like being from the Midwest and being grounded in this kind of middle of the country can feel like a bubble, which can be both frustrating, but also like comforting. And I've just, I've just lived in the suburbs for so long that it just feels really ingrained into who I am. I've never really identified as a city person. Uh, I think this sprawling landscape of strip malls and real malls and fast food restaurants and chains has actually always just made me feel at home. And when I was a teenager, maybe I resented it more and I was like, this is boring. I want to get out of here. But in reality, it's just it was a place of comfort and familiarity for me. And even now, like I, I kind of have like a weird affinity for chain restaurants and, and places because it feels like this weird connecting piece that that brings me back to to the to the Midwest in a weird way. And um, I think where I come from, it's really just a really great great people. I grew up among neighbors, classmates, teachers, very salt of the earth. I think, uh, just a, just a warm community and which was another interesting landscape to tell a story about someone like 
<clears throat> sort of self-destructing or uh, muddling their way through treatment for mental illness. And I was very proud visually in the movie, the way we represent the Midwest, because like the house we found to shoot at as the main, as the Miller's home is just so perfect. Like we walked into this and our production designers were amazing. But before that, before they got a hold of it, I mean, the house was just so, you couldn't ask for a better like vintage Illinois house to step into with the wooden cabinets and the carpets and even like the knickknacks that the family had collected on their shelves, you know, a lot of which made their way into the movie because they were, they were just so perfect and had so much character built in. Um, but yeah, I think, I think uh, I've made a lot of stuff and will continue to make a lot of stuff that is like based in the Illinois suburbs. Cause it's just such a part of who I am and what I want to represent. Yeah. I mean, I could very much, feel that it, it felt very familiar and nostalgic in a way. And I think you really captured that. And um, something else that you kind of touched on is I also feel like this movie is very much about family and a family dynamic. And um, I was wondering how you kind of maybe how much of that came from your life and how you decided to make it a family story. Definitely. It's so important to me to show that this character's diagnosis is not only affecting her life, but the lives of her family, everyone around her, everyone who's close to her, people who are emotionally and financially, physically supporting her. And that was very much part of my experience. I, I felt like when I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, so I say this sometimes that it feels like my family was diagnosed because everyone's lives changed and everyone had to learn and grow and evolve along with me. And I will always be super grateful for that. And that's why it's important to evoke empathy for the family as well. And and to have all those characters be very multidimensional and on their own journeys and have their own goals and, and hopes and frustrations. Because while Clements is the main character of the story, everyone in the, in the family and in the movie, but, you know, to focus on the family has, has their own story and their own struggles going on as well. So I wanted to make sure those felt concrete and, and did them, did them justice and did those characters justice. Cause I, I do think uh, having empathy for the family is something that's super important. Yeah. I mean, the, the family did seem to have a very kind of Midwestern, uh, you know, warm, except you no matter what kind of feeling too. And, you know, I, I actually have bipolar disorder, but I, I was diagnosed later. But the, the the reaction of the family remind me very much of mine. Like sometimes when I'd be really melodramatic or <laughs> they would just respond by, you know, making a joke yeah. or being really nonchalant or something and just kind of, but still no oh matter what. Yeah. They were just I so warm that. and accepting. Yeah. <laughs> so just, they really remind me. I related to this movie quite a bit. Yeah. That's amazing um, here because it's like, that's, that's the goal is that anyone who's lived even somewhat of a parallel experience to this can watch this movie and, and find it relatable or, you know, see a part of their experience in it. So that definitely also feels like a Midwest connection we have as well uh, with the family for sure. Yeah, and um, so I was also wondering what you really wanted people to know about bipolar disorder, too, in this movie, because you really kind of talk about so many 
aspects of the journey, you know, your medication and your therapy and um, everything like that. Um, what were some of the things you really wanted to communicate about it? I, as we discussed already, like there's a lot of this is drawn from my own life. And then there are elements of fiction and ultimately that are more related to like the story events. I think ultimately I wanted to create from, from a, an accumulation of different truths from myself and elsewhere, a story that is just supposed to represent one person's experience and journey. This is one slice of what mental illness might look like for one person, one mental illness for one person. I mean, and it is not to say by any means that everyone who has bipolar disorder will experience it like Clemens does. Um, I have several friends who have bipolar disorder who have had really different experiences than I've had. And also like people have multiple mental illnesses and there are some, I, you know, I have a friend who has bipolar disorder and borderline personality disorder. And there's just so many, there's basically just so many different combinations of, you know, mental illnesses, what degree of severity they are, like how the different factors of your life are affecting these things to the point where I just sort of feel like everyone has a really different experience. And I would never want to pretend to be the representation of bipolar disorder or mental illness. This movie is not a PSA saying this is how you treat mental illness or bipolar disorder. or This is how you get help. This is just to say, here's like one person's journey based on truths that I have experienced. And if that resonates with some people or inspires some people or empowers some people to do something similar and it works for them, that's great. But really the message of the movie is not, here's how to treat bipolar disorder. It's, it's more so everyone has mental health, regardless if you have a diagnosed mental illness or not, every single person has mental health and you need to find what works for you to tend to that mental health and to take care of your brain. And it's probably a combination of things, whether it's yoga or eating, you know, salad or like whatever it is that it's probably unique to you and that you owe it to yourself and the people who love you to figure out what that is and to take care of your mental health. Yeah, I think that's so true. Um, you know, sometimes I watch a portrayal like this and it is different from my, there are definitely things that I relate to in it, but it's different than my experience and others have known. It's everyone just experiences it so differently. Exactly. And what works for one person might not work for another um, but yeah, I really liked how you showed also, you know, all these things take time and it takes time to get your medication cocktail, right? It takes time to, yeah, learn, learn what works for you, you know? What do you feel like has really helped you, if you don't mind me asking, because it's been a while now and you seem to be, you know, <laughs> doing really right. well. What has kind of helped you with it? Yeah. Structure and routine have always been very important. And I've, I've heard that there's like a, a part in the movie where there's a note on the fridge that says, doctor said routine is important. Like my psychiatrist used to say that to me every week. I mean, what's your routine? How's your routine going? You got to have a routine. 
And again, can't speak to everyone's experience, but for me, having a sort of regimen of like things that I do every day or certain days of the week and can count on those things and can get into a habit and have structure that has helped mentally keep me on track and, and focused times in my life where I've had less structure. I've kind of just spiraled and, and fallen out and not known what to do with myself. Actually, a big reason why I went back to school when I was a sophomore is because my parents were both teachers who worked full time and they were like, I, we can't leave her unattended in the house. Like it wasn't a safe situation for me. And that they felt like, a, you know, with, with my consent and with the uh, guidance of my doctors, that it would be good for me to go back to school and to uh, have a different kind of living scenario than I did. And also to like go to class and have assignments because I was a film major and I, I was really obviously still am passionate about filmmaking. I, I did, unlike Clemens, I, Alex Heller, uh, have always been a, a pretty diligent student and school, the main thing school has given to me is structure and routine and just being accountable for showing up or like writing a paper and turning it in these kinds of things really helped me. And so I went to Northwestern uh, university on the North side of Chicago and it was a tougher school than what I think I was ready for. It ended up working out because it was so close to home for me that I could like see my family regularly when shit hit the fan and I could go into Chicago and see my doctor twice a week, which I did. But, um, the school was the, it was academically rigorous and I wasn't fully ready for that. Even though I was like a student, like it, it was tough for me. And that said, I think on the other side of college, I made it through Northwestern having become a much harder worker and a very, had found a lot of like ambition and inspiration from my classmates. Cause that, to me, that was the best part of going there for school is I was just surrounded by so many peers who were like very talented and driven and had big ideas and big dreams. And that brought that side of, out of me. So anyway, I would say that's a long winded answer, but um, a lot of these things related to staying on track with schedules and commitments and, creations uh be, have been helpful because all this time in between graduating college and making this movie I'm 30 now so I've been making like at least one short film every year and none of these short films like went to Sundance or had some grand thing but I mean I, I've played film festivals but but that's not the point the point is that it just held me accountable to creative projects and collaborators and teammates it's like because making a short for me would take like about a year, you know, you plan the thing, you shoot it, you edit it. I was often editing the work and supervising the post. And I had no budget. So all these kinds of things, these tasks uh, hold you accountable, I think, and, and keep you tied to something. It's important to stay tied to something. And that, that's been helpful to me among many other things, but that's like the thing I can think of off the top of my head. 
No, I think that's really helpful. I think a structure routine is very, and being accountable are all very important. That's, that's about me a lot too. I, get, I kind of give myself projects, yeah, when I don't have any. It's um, so cool that you have, <laughs> you have this podcast. I mean, like that's such a great example of like you have this show, like you plan it, you, you curate it, and you have an audience who's like waiting for your next episode. I feel like that's just another example of like that kind of, you know, artistic accountability that, that, uh, you have that, that might be helpful to you. I don't know. Oh yeah. Well, the, actually this is, um, Jim Laskowski's podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm disgusting. But I actually, yeah, I do a film fest. I do a, a lot of film festival art. A lot. I mean, Maybe. creativity, that's, that's all really good too, yeah. you know, has totally. been very helpful. Yeah. Uh, was there anything else that you wanted to say about the movie? Or I guess showing here in Chicago at uh, Facets and the yeah. Music Box, right? Yeah. Yes. Thank you for bringing that up. We are so excited that we're going to be doing uh, a Chicago theatrical mini run. And we're going to have a big screening at Music Box on, I think, March 30th, which is a Thursday, followed by two weekends at Facets. And... I'll be there definitely the first weekend. Um, I'm, I'm really excited. We're planning the event right now. It's coming together rather quickly, but, um, you know, I think we might get some cast there. It's like to be determined. We're figuring it out, but uh, definitely come out and see it in theater because there is something really special about seeing, a spe- I think, especially a comedy in a movie theater full of other people and you can all laugh together and sort of like share that warmth and that that vibrant energy so if you can make it to the theater i would say check out the year between and in, in theaters in chicago uh oh that's great so you'll be there the first weekend at facets oh, i could try to catch it then <laughs> yes i think so like um, i don't know exactly i don't have like a plane yeah. ticket, but i i know i i will i, I am like 90 percent sure i'll be there at the music box facets is right after so like i'm gonna try to go to in my head i'm gonna try to go to music box in the first night of the facets run so that's like my tentative plan right now so i really hope i can make that work oh so cool yeah and as you said i really want to see with an audience because even to myself comedies i feel like especially work so much better with an audience i can think like oh i can just feel this is like we're (laughs) totally totally definitely well thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to to talk with us yeah this yeah, is we're so both, awesome. <laughs> we both love the film, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. And it was really cool to chat with, you know, someone also who has bipolar disorder and like could relate to the film on a personal level. So thank you for sharing that with me because that's very generous of you and really interesting to me. So we're out here, we're a squad. <laughs> yeah, no, that's another reason why I could so personally relate to it. And actually that's why it kind of Jim wanted recommended it to me and Perfect. then I take a look at it. So <laughs> Amazing. All right. Well, well good luck so with everything. Yeah. Thank you so much. You. And I'll try to catch it. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be great. I'm so excited to know you're coming. I didn't know that. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much. Okay. Have a good night. You too. For more information, visit theyearbetweenfilm.com for showtimes as well as catch it on video on demand or at the Music Box Theater in Chicago on March 30th. Also be sure to visit mentalfilmness.com for more info on Sharon's Film Festival. Thank you to Sharon for conducting this interview, and thank you to Alex for taking the time to talk about her new film. Stay tuned for more over at directorsclubpodcast.com. All the best, and stay safe. 
Thank you. 25 years and my life is still Trying to get up that great big hill of hope For a destination I realized quickly when I knew I should That the world was made up of this brotherhood of man For whatever that means Into a crisis Deep 